Yeah, you might need a new phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my battery life is like three hours now without doing anything on it. it yeah, were you listening to music or anything? Mm-hmm. It's just that mm-hmm. shitty? Oh, wow. And I've had a battery because remember Apple had that thing where they were telling everybody to come back and get their batteries replaced for free because of some shit. It has a new battery. That battery was replaced like two years ago. Which one was that? 6S. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's an old one. Yeah, it's an old one. All right. Well, we're back. Yes, we're back. <laughs> Sorry about that. that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have a very old phone in case anybody needed to know. I have like an iPhone 6S. and It's 2020. Yeah. My kid has a newer phone than I do. She's rocking an, an 8 plus or something of the sort. The wife's got a 10 or 11 or something. I got, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting her an Apple Watch this Christmas. So, like, I, I don't care. <laughs> I'm okay with going back to, like, a Nokia. All the bricks? Oh, yeah. I'm fine. Like, I could text on those better. Can you really? Oh, God, man. Yeah. You got to think that was the age I grew up on was being able to text on a dial pad, man. You were able to text one-handed without looking. You got it. Like, you knew what you were going with. That, that thumb that, muscle memory was something to... Was that called T9? Yeah. Where you, you, like, you had to hit it multiple times to... Yeah. Like, you know, the same thing like on your dial phone or your, on a house phone, which nobody has anymore either. But yeah, you have to go like, okay, if I'm just spelling like bear, I'm going like two, you know, two, three, two, seven. And I'm going... Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Man, I remember some people that would have like... Both both fingers going. I remember when when like the sidekicks came out because I had a buddy who would do that and that drove me nuts because he would be driving with his hands on the top of the steering wheel, just going at it. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? We're gonna die. Stop. We're gonna die. Uh, yeah. So I I am. When it comes to computers and anything like that, when it comes to technology, I'm good at. When it comes to like mobile devices and wearable technology that's right over my head mm-hmm. I, I don't know because i really don't care <laughs> oh yeah no i'm i'm apple all day every day yeah and uh, same way like all my whole household is pretty much apple now uh mainly because the little ones all her special needs apps and stuff are all apple mm-hmm. stuff so like they've got it she has to have apple and whole household has apple um i mean i would love to keep an iphone but honestly i'll be okay with like going back I don't want a good iPhone that doesn't have that home button. Dude, get a razor. I had a razor as a kid. Yeah. I had a razor. I had a sliver. Remember when those came out? A sliver. They were like the non-flippable razors. They were all black. They were like jet black. They didn't flip. Oh, I do remember those. Yeah. Like, dude, I was lucky as a kid because, like, my mom worked for... Now it's AT&T. Back in the day, it was singular wireless. Singular, yeah. And that so, stupid like, little orange Yeah, uh, a little orange god <laughs> right there. I had so much crap. I remember going like freshman year of high school. I had a backpack with that guy's on that guy on there. <laughs> I had so much freaking singular stuff. Like half my clothes were singular stuff. I was wearing it at school. Um, but she she worked for them for a long time. Of course, they always had to have a new phone that way they can help promote the phone. Mm-hmm. And so like, But they let them keep the phone back in the day. So, oh, yeah. like, I would go home and just open up her, you know, nightstand drawer, and there'd be, like, 18 phones in there. Just, just pick one. Mm-hmm. Just pick one. So, like, anytime she got a new phone, I'm like, let me take the other one. So, like, I was the cool kid at school. Like, I would come to school, and I'm like, hey, man, this phone has a video recorder. What? What? They make those? I'm doing me wrong. It was the worst quality oh, yeah. imaginable. <laughs> I remember, uh, I think the last phone I had that wasn't an iPhone was those uh, LG Shines. Okay, yeah. Where it slid up and yep. then the keyboard, and then when it slid down, you could use it as like a camera on the side. Exactly, yeah. And it had that stupid little joystick thing yeah, that yeah. nobody <laughs> could ever figure out how to use. 
It was like a simple, simple D pad. It could have put on there instead of put that joystick. Yeah. It just was. Yeah, it, it was a touch screen. So you can use it as mm-hmm. a touch screen, like just to call or anything. Right. But if you had to type anything, you had to slide it up. Dude, I, I remember my first iPhone. I had like the first generation of iPhone. Um, yeah, and then I had like, a 3G. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I had like the first one. I had a 3G and I had a 3GS too. Mm-hmm. I had the first one and like. I had the first one, and then I went straight to a 3GS. I didn't have any of the ones in between that because when my first one died, I, I was done. I was like, I'm not putting that money into it again. And, of course, mine died because I was dating a girl at the time, and the girl got mad and threw my phone into the sink full of water. Oh, one. And I was like, okay, well, now that, that was a good way for me to realize it does not make sense to spend money, spend this amount of money on something like this. Mm-hmm. Um so like yeah, I, I had a 3GS. I rocked my 3GS forever, dude. Like I remember when I got a five, I kept my 3GS in the car as a, pretty much a, uh, um, like an iPod, an iPod, pretty much. It's like my music's on here. I'm just gonna keep my 3GS here, and I ran that 3GS for years, man. Damn. I don't think I think I actually finally threw that 3GS away maybe two years ago. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Like dude, as long as he kept the charge, I would just play my music off of it all the time. Oh yeah. Oh, so all right. So we're stop. We're gonna stop Apple fanboying out. <laughs> Lack of technological logic and knowledge, yeah. and uh, let's get into something we do know something about, and that's well, cars. <laughs> and something just came out yesterday. So yesterday was the twenty third mm-hmm. November. Yep. So starting Monday, we're actually going back a step to in like COVID restrictions for the bars and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mayor put out a new mandate yesterday saying that all restaurants have to be back at 50% because we were up at 75%. Yes. All bars now back down to 50%. And the main thing that uh, is changed is last call for food and alcohol have to be at 10 o'clock. Yeah. So we can stay open till 11 like usual, mm-hmm. but last call is at... 10 o'clock, and nobody can enter the building yeah. after 10 o'clock. So it's only exit only at that yeah. point. So, like, the way that just kind of looks up to me is that, like, okay, so you got to put that last call out there at 10 o'clock. You're going to have to find a way to manage the door, have somebody either lock the doors and the manager at the door at all times to make sure people can leave so they can get out um, and also prevent people from trying to come in. That's going to be kind of difficult to manage. Um, you are going to be losing quite a bit of business right there. I mean, that's that's pretty much your prime drinking hour right there at night, mm-hmm. especially on the weekend. Uh, between 10 and 11 is when everybody's really starting to get hyped up and it kind of rolls into the night. So you're going to lose a lot of that as well. And that's going to be going to be difficult to manage. Um, but all in all, man, I, I'm surprised that the restrictions they put into place aren't as extreme as I was expecting. I was expecting them, the first thing they were going to hit was going to go back to that bar seating. Mm-hmm. And like not allowing people to sit at the bar anymore. Um, that, and that's not something they touched. They decided just, okay, well, we're just going to tell you to limit your capacity again. And, you know, we already had to shut down at 11 o'clock. We already were supposed to make sure nobody was in a building at 11 o'clock, but they never gave us a time to announce last call. So, of course, we weren't announcing last call to 1030, 1045. Get ready last chance right there. And I guess I kind of understand what they're saying, do last call at 10, because if you do last call at 10, that gives people an hour to finish their drinks and get out of the business. And even with last call for food too, like gives them time to like get their food, eat it, exactly, and leave. Exactly. Now the only problem with that is if you do last call for food at the same time, um, that's going to be a bit difficult. Just because you're going to have people who 
feel like they're perfectly fine and they're good and they you know something they've just got a beer and a shot at last call and they've been drinking all night and they don't think they need any more they don't mm-hmm. think they need anything to eat or anything and then they realize they take that beer and take that shot okay well did that balance it off a little bit maybe yeah. i am a little bit drunker than i thought i was yeah. Ooh, and now i do need to eat some things before i can drive home oh, yeah. too late kitchen's closed Ooh, wings do sound kind of good right now mm-hmm. type of thing. And exactly. Or maybe I should throw some French fries or something on my stomach, get some starch on there before I drive home, maybe try to sober up a little bit. Well, you're not going to have the opportunity now. Yeah. Um. So I don't necessarily agree with that. I would be okay maybe with saying like, hey, last call for the bar at 10 and maybe last call for the kitchen at 1030 just to give people a little extra time. Mm-hmm. Um. Honestly, I don't see why there's a last call put on the kitchen at all. They're not serving alcohol. I think if you're a bar and you've got a close the bar at 11 o'clock at night with no customers in i think you should still have the opportunity to do to go alcohol and to go food later right and it's weird like because right when everything first happened like you could go to go grab food or Mm -hmm. go grab uh like no alcohol or anything but you can go grab food and if you served enough food you could be open and all that kind of stuff and now they're making us do last call for food which makes no sense which yeah, which makes yeah. it's weird, and I, I feel like this is mainly focused. And I got to correct me on the um, the knowledge. I haven't read the entire statement in full. Uh, it, it seems like they're singling out bars, or are they doing bars and restaurants? It's bars and restaurants. Okay. Well, see now, to me, restaurant part of it doesn't really make sense. Um, I mean, because one, chances are, if you're a restaurant, you probably have a bar. You can shut the bar down at ten o'clock. That's perfectly fine. I can understand you keeping the bar shut down at ten o'clock. I think if the restaurant hours are that you close at 11, I think you should be able to continue operating as normal because people are going to be socially distanced in the restaurant as well, especially at this limited capacity. I don't think you should maybe put an additional damper on the food aspect of it as well. Yeah, it's it's it. I mean, granted, this entire year has not really made sense. No, no, um, no, 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 no. I mean, and understandably so, because this is a new thing. This is a yeah. pandemic is completely different. Nobody really knew how to handle this thing properly but right it, it, it hasn't been managed well it's really kind of just trial and error at this point which, yeah. which is kind of what it sounds like because now they're just making up rules yeah. and stuff that doesn't really make sense but well we'll try it this way yeah it's let's, like we'll, we'll we tried this and it didn't work well we tried this and it didn't work well let's let's do this and i think this is them trying to find every possible way to lower the curve drop the drop the spikes down without going back fully to shut down business. Because yeah. we've already seen it right now. A lot of schools around the country have already started to shut back down. A lot of cities are already going back to shut yeah. back down. Chicago's still shut down, I know. Yeah. And so I'm thinking that they don't know the best way to approach it, but they're going to try to put restrictions on something, but still allow places to stay open. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I kind of see what they're going. They know that they're going to get a lot of flack if they shut everything down because you're going to be hurting a lot of businesses right yeah. there. Uh, and, you know, a lot of these uh, district leaders could definitely be looking at no bids for re-election. So, and that may be a part of it as well. Uh, I think the majority of people are looking at this, though, that the the, the state, the city itself uh, has just taken a big hit mm-hmm. financially, period. And to go back to being completely shut down for else to go back to another financial hit this close to Christmas at the end of the year, uh, I think that would be the nail in the coffin for a lot of these businesses not being able to succeed and stay open. Yeah, it's really kind of a lose-lose situation because oh, yeah. if we shut everything down, economy drops, Yeah, people lose their job, mm-hmm. money's bad. If we don't shut down, people die. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to be able to really curb this thing by just saying, hey, shut down an hour earlier. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, that's not going to be the case. It's going to be able to, to drop this thing. So it, it is. It's, it's a lose-lose situation. Um, there's, there's not going to – there is no – 
proven way to stop this or to fix this. Um, you can tell everybody, hey, of course, wear your mask, social distance, things like that, of course. But here's the thing. Number one, you've got to put it on people having self-responsibility of knowing that they're sick or taking responsibility to go get tested themselves and see where they're at. But here's the thing. If those people don't do that, that mask is not going to do much once you walk into a restaurant or a bar. Mm -hmm. Because we both know as soon as you walk in that bar, that mask is off. And there's no bar in Nashville that are making people get up from the table they're sitting at, put a mask on, go to the bathroom, come back from the bathroom, sit back down, take their mask back off. Nobody's doing that crap. No, I mean... It, it, it's not happening. It, it's supposed to be that way, and there are bars and mainly restaurants that um, will ask you to do it, but yeah. then not enforce it. Yeah, but not enforce it. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's hard to enforce something like that as well. I mean, especially if you're in the restaurant industry and or you're in the bar industry. If you're a bartender or you're a server... That's a quick way to kind of mess around with your tip money. You know, mm -hmm. you've got a table of five that came in and everything's fine and dandy. And then the guy gets up to the bathroom. You don't know what his stance on all of this is. But for you to come out and say, sir, I'm sorry, but you need to put a mask on for you leave and go to the bathroom. If that's just wrong with him the wrong way, well, guess what? Now you got another half hour to 45 minutes with this table that you're probably not going to get a good tip from now. Yeah. So true. it's going to be hard for a server to be the one to go in and implement this and try to make sure that people are staying above board and actually complying with this order. That's something that has to come from management. Right. That has to come from management. And that's where management needs to step up and not put it on their servers and their bartenders to be the one to enforce this thing. It's not their job to enforce that. Mm -hmm. It's your job as a manager to enforce this. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a lose-lose situation right now. Um, all we can really do is, I mean, keep striving, keep trying to find a way to make money. Um, I would say a great thing is that they're still allowing us to do to-go alcohol. Um Take advantage of that while you can. Yeah. Um, I'd be trying to run any special or deal that I can do on, on to go alcohol. I mean, hell, if I can sell a six pack of Bud Light to somebody for cheaper than what you're going to get at the store, because chances are I'm paying cheaper than what you're going to pay for it at the store, right? I'm going to make whatever profit I can. It's not mm -hmm. going to be the greatest profit I can make. It's definitely going to still be a loss to my normal markup, but it'll, you're it'll, just scraping the dimes right now. Yeah. Right? It'll help keep the lights on it. Exactly. That's, that's really all you can do and manage at this time. Yeah. Well, that's about it for, uh, Bar news that I've got. That's kind of the newest. Yeah, that's like the newest and latest that we've really gotten on the status and state that our city's in. And, you know, we know a lot of people across the globe are, of course, dealing with this. But mostly, of course, around the U.S., uh, a lot in the major cities where a lot of people who thrive and make a living off being in the restaurant industry and service. I've known servers that have been serviced for 50 years, mm -hmm. you know, and that, this is the only thing they know. This is what they know how to do. This is how they put food on the table. And to to run into this situation right now where not only is COVID spiking again, not only did you already possibly lose your job this year, there's people who've lost their job and gone back to the places they used to work at because they've reopened. This has got to be scary. Mm -hmm. This has got to be scary not knowing. I just started back here a month ago because everything kind of lacks back out. Now it's spiking again. Am I going to be laid off in another month? Did I quit the job I took in between to come back to my old company for this to happen again? It's, it's it's a really scary situation, but I mean, we're just going to try to tell everybody to, you know, keep your heads up, keep striving through and make sure that, you know, if you're a listener, you're not in the restaurant industry, if you're not in the uh, hospitality industry at all, I mean, make sure you take care of those people. Mm -hmm. Anytime you do go out, get a to-go order, anything, take care of them. And I know it's hard for everybody right now, but they're really struggling. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we got, uh, we got a fun interview with a, with a band coming up here. Yes, I've uh, got an interview with a band called Convection. 
Um, they're band based out of Tennessee, mostly Middle Tennessee. I think some of them have come from abroad, from different states, mm-hmm. but they mostly live here. Um, I think they're mostly inside of Sumner County at the at the moment. Um, but you know, this is a great band that we had a chance to interview, and it's one of the few bands that we've been able to find that's actually still playing shows. Yeah. Um, now a lot of the shows they're having to drive outside of Davidson County. Uh, maybe even outside of Sumner County, and they're having to go into different places like Clarksville. They're still having events and things, but um, we, we got a chance to sit down with them, uh, get their take on what's going on, uh, have a couple of laughs, and we'll be lucky uh, to get them back on again sometime in the future. Yeah, so that's coming up right after our uh, messages from our sponsor, and then we have a particularly not fantastic uh, drink for Drinker's Corner. Uh-huh. Yeah, we'll yeah. We'll, hey. we'll let you hear that in the hear that in the interview. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're going to try to go in order best possible. Um, and so let's just kind of just start at the beginning where you know. So you guys formed this band. What year did you guys actually form this band? Well, originally it was formed back in 2011, kind of just me and a couple of my friends from high school. Hmm. And uh, this lineup you see here, actually, we finally got together about what 2012 and a 2012. Well, now this current lineup, this current lineup uh, a couple of years ago, 2016, yeah, just me, oh, yeah. him and Steve, mm-hmm. a okay. lot of people in and out of this band. Yeah, we finally got a good we, we lineup now. Introduce yourself, tell us who you all are and where you're yeah. from. Well, so, sorry, me. Uh, yeah. my name is Chris. I play the bass and uh, I consider myself uh, from Tennessee, but I've lived in many states i was born in massachusetts so okay you never you never guess from my voice <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah right. uh my name is ben um i'm also from tennessee um i'm the lead vocalist uh of this here band right here uh was that was that uh name location position in band correct yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Brian Ellis. I'm kind of leader of the band and, uh, I'm 25. I'm actually from Maine originally moved here. Um, probably when I was five or six. So I'm, this is pretty much home for me. This is what I know from being a kid up. Uh, yeah. And I play guitar in the band. Uh, a bunch of other stuff and do the production. I'm Steven. I play guitar in the band as well and do some clean vocals here and there. And I consider myself from Tennessee as well, but I did spend about eight years in Texas of all places. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got to hear a little bit of that Texas. <laughs> How's that? Because I can hear a bit of that Texas in there, not much. But I can hear yeah, believe it or not, the area I came from actually doesn't have a lot of like Hick style accents. It's yeah. just bland. Yeah. <laughs> so every every Hick thing you hear me say is actually from Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> Extra southern. He's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me, me and him do most of the harmonies you hear in the music. Um, oh. Yeah, and he does all the heavy screams because he's. Dope. I'm a bad man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Better word. I'm Matthias. I'm born and raised in Los Angeles. Been happily assimilating in Tennessee since 2013, and I play the drums. Hell yeah! Very cool. Cool. Um, so, um, so how did you guys all kind of get together? I know this band apparently was a kind of revolving door at the beginning of it, trying to get all the members together and get everything set up. So, how did you guys actually all meet together? Was it taking parts from other bands that you guys have played with or different shows you've gone to and met different people there? Or was it just like a combination of like, hey, 
people are listening to your music and you're getting invites via like Facebook and things like that? Man, it, it's a plethora of how <laughs> we all met. It's crazy. Um, Chris and Steven here, we go way back to high school. Like um, they're kind of the original members. Um, and uh, we had some times where we just didn't uh, do stuff together for a little bit. And then we came back and it was just rough for a while, but um, he's the most recent returning member from way back. He, he wasn't in for a while and I just knew him. We got him back in and how he plays bass. Cause he was the guitarist um, oh. in connection way back. Um, but he's a freaking amazing <laughs> bassist. If I can say so. Um, and me and him are actually the pretty much the first, we go the yeah. furthest back. I, well, I don't even know what year. Like 2012? Yeah, at least. Um, so he was, he's been around most of the time, yeah. English. English. Yeah, and Forrest can tell you a story of how we got together with this. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, <clears throat> how I came around, like, I'd actually kind of fucked around with these guys, like, previously in, like, high school talent show type things. Mm-hmm. Always, like, last-minute fill-in type things. And, um... Another mutual friend who was kind of in and out of the band uh, was still kind of hanging around while I was away at college. And then, like, literally the day I withdrew from my classes, um, I get a message from Brian hitting me up asking if I'm still into metal and interested and wanting to, like, be in a project and if I'd want to, you know, come down to the studio and check out what he was up to. And uh, so literally just perfect little transition from school into something Way fucking cooler than school. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so just a little, little cosmic accident. Yeah, man, it was of awesome. Justice. It was pretty cool. Sometimes it's not all pans out, man. So, yeah. Great, 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 great stuff, man. You know, you guys are a metal band, is what you promote yourselves are. Um, is there any particular style that you guys try to form to? Because uh, I know. I don't know about your history. I don't think you've ever been in metal. I was in a metal band. I was just way back in high school. So this was, you know, uh, 15 years ago. Never played, um, metal. Never played metal. I've never done that. Which, I mean, at my time, it was weird because I was, like, in a bluegrass band and a metal band at the same time. So it was really <laughs> weird trying to mesh those two things together. I so feel like that. Yeah, I'm right. Yeah, <laughs> right one time, then electric the other. So it was really, really weird. So right. it's like, like specific genre than just metal. Do you go more in depth? Are you, like, hardcore? Are you death? Or Well... I consider progressive metal the best describing term for us. Gotcha. Um, uh, we like gent a lot. I'm just going to outright say it. it's awesome. Math metal. Um, there's, I guess you could consider some of our stuff uh, hard deathcore kind of stuff. I don't know how far into that we usually go. Because hmm. um, we really just sometimes do it. <laughs> we got some heavy, heavy breakdowns sometimes. Yeah. That, you know. But it's, but it's just more like a lot of intricate music that is also hard. You know, like, you just don't know, really know what uh, slice of metal cake to put it in there. And right. Like, like uh, this guy right here said it best. He's like, I don't know what you guys are, but it's awesome because <laughs> we, how we met was uh, we were actually playing a show without a drummer mm-hmm. um, at the end in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And, um, he, was, he just showed up to watch the show, didn't know what to expect. Um, he saw progressive metal on a list somewhere, I guess. Um, it's always exciting. Yeah, and, and he was just in the crowd. We met at the bar, talked, and we were like, you know, we need a drummer. He's like, well, I play the drums. And I was like, why don't you come try out? Come on over. Yeah, and he, he came over and blew our freaking minds. And he was just, made in hell. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, progressive metal, because that kind of covers all the little spectrums of heavy metal, I guess. 
Do you yeah. pull from any uh, any influences, any uh, metal bands that you guys really kind of idolize or uh, pull influence from? Oh yeah, how long sure. do you got? We <laughs> <laughs> gotta work eleven, but <laughs> um, Periphery, I could just yeah. say that right off the bat. Periphery's a major yeah. one. Meshuga. Meshuga. Um, uh, the Contortionist. Lamb of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian loves When I hear progressive and I hear like, some of the intricate things, I'm thinking like, I'm thinking Lamb of God. I'm thinking uh, like, maybe some Suicide Silence or some Between a Barry to Me really is what really came oh. to my head. I know. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. I should have said Tool. Yeah, tool. Tool's, Tool's like over, everybody. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much. Everybody. Dream Theater. He's a huge fan of Dream Theater. And you said Between the Barry to Me. I really like them, too. Yeah. Yeah. That was my go-to back in the day. It's one of the bands I love that was just so technical, so intricate, going back and forth. And it's like, all right, these guys are just masters at their art. They're amazing. Yes. Yeah. They're a little more of a recent discovery for me, but still amazing. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, scale the Summit. I don't know if you've heard of them. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> scale the Summit. Listen, yeah. yeah, listen to them. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Um, so we've kind of gone over a lot of those things about what's influenced you both. So let's get a little bit more insight about how some of the shows we've gone through. Now, we know with COVID being a thing that – being able to travel and be in a lot of venues has kind of been shut down for a lot of people and for, as unfortunate as it's been. Uh, and that's really where our podcast kind of revolves around. It revolves around the music industry, the restaurant industry, and because a lot of times, and mostly the bar industry, because a lot of times the bar industry and the music industry kind of inter- intertwine with each other. I would say most venues you go to are serving alcohol. They've got some type of a bar aspect to them. Um, I think unless you're going to like Rocket Town, I don't think they ever put a bar in there. Um, but you know, yeah. anytime I've been to like the end or the exit end, there there were always being used where you kind of had a bar and alcohol and bands and music all kind of went in hand. So when that happens, there are times where you can see some very crazy things happen. Really <laughs> yes, uh, I I remember I kind of harken back to a show um, I went to probably when I was around eighteen or nineteen, where it was it was at the Muse when it was still open. Oh, damn! I've heard a lot about that. I was up there and I was seeing a couple different shows and I remember everybody's being drunk. There's a big mosh pit. Kids' bodies are laying on the floor. <laughs> What's happening here? And then you know, a monitor right above the band starts smoking. And I'm looking up at it. I'm like, oh, holy shit, I'm on fire. So there's like bodies on the floor and monitors on fire. And I was like, Where? this is metal. I guess. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not metal. <laughs> so kind of give us some insight some of the craziest things you've seen some com- uh, some of the shows and venues you've been at. Oof. <laughs> uh, who wants to take this I don't know. know. I've just I'm seen just... some really belligerently drunk people. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I, really... I don't even know if that's a given. I don't know if this story even like qualifies under this category. But there was one time we played a show at the Springwater, and some guy on a motorcycle like busted ass, like right, like right there in front of us. We just hear. Argh! And then uh, he just gets up, drunk as fuck, and goes, and just, like, leaves. Yeah. But then, like, the next show we played was at the end, and it was the the doorman at the end was the fucking guy who (laughs) drunkenly wrecked his bike in front of us at the previous show. Yeah, we saw on the bike where it happened, too, and it was just, like... Yeah, so like, I don't know if that <laughs> qualifies, but I mean, because I know sometimes when you're in these shows, especially when you're on stage, you're kind of focusing on your art, and you know, you're hoping that the crowd gets hype, gets rowdy, but at the same time, you're hoping that a mosh pit doesn't turn into just a fist fight brawl. The next thing you know, people are trying to grab guitars and smack, you know, across the head with each other. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it can happen easily. I so, something uh, like that happened to me at one of our shows. We normally go out and check out all the bands before we play yeah. and after. Right. And uh, it was at the end, 
and there's that this one kid doing that stupid hardcore oh, yeah. thing oh, yeah. I was behind him and he was like walking backwards and he like got me in the face once and I was like, okay, you little shithead. And he did it again and I was like, fuck you. And I had to just keep shoving him to the ground. Just <laughs> <laughs> an overexcited yeah. fucking Yeah. Yeah. There's there was a time at the warehouse in Clarksville. Um it got really rowdy one night. I don't even remember who was playing, but um um, this, uh, this person came to the bar and almost got in a straight up fist fight with a couple other people. Cause it's just belligerently drunk. Yeah. And people get trashed. Well, it, was a, it was the dude that was picking on the, the transgender woman. Yeah. 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 And um, she is known as a badass, drives a Harley and she's about <laughs> six foot three. She's awesome. I mean, and she came in and told this dude's friend, hey, your buddy just got slapped up, and he came in with blood on his lip and everything and kept trying to go at her. Yeah. <laughs> it, just, it just entered a fight as it we was, were ending the show. <laughs> it, was a, it was a veteran's event. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Right. Like, apparently, Sheedy is a veteran, and someone tried to pull some, like, no, you're not bullshit because she's trans. Oh, yeah. What? Like, she's still going to get your ass beat. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone here knows her. Man, they yeah. get to tell your friends about that one. Yeah, that's that's a. I that's actually one. know who that is. I see. <laughs> like, I think she's a regular at my bar. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, we've probably met that one before. Wow. Um, so, all right. So, of course, now I'm saying like, now I've been in a lot of venues and I've played with a lot of different bands at different venues. And of course, you know, there's a lot of pregame going around. I've been in a couple bands where you know sometimes that's great because it kind of loosens us up when we get hype up for it sometimes it's bad because next thing you know my guitarist is just belligerent and drunk and can't play one three five progression at all um so when that comes to thing what is like your pre-game ritual do you guys like go back take a couple shots before you get kind of just get loosed up or are you guys just cold water into this thing preferably there is pre-game for i me, usually but- do about two or three shots, and that just loosens me up. I'm bigger. It takes a lot more for alcohol to hit me. So yeah. that's just the perfect amount to not get drunk enough to mm-hmm. not play. Yeah. It loosens me up, and I have a happy medium. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel the same way. I don't think I've ever played a show stone cold sober. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, rehearse, rehearse drunk, perform drunk. But, um, <laughs> but like, you mastered. But there, ha- there have been a few times that I feel like. A few of us have, uh, all of us at some point have uh, got a pregame a little too much, and it, and it showed just yeah. a little bit. But yeah, no that was the last show for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah someone bought us another round of shots, and that kind of put dude. Me over, yeah, that was a uh, birthday party guy. Just that was one of the best experiences ever. No, it was amazing show. Still, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I. I've been a, the culprit a couple times for sure. I've <coughs> got a little too lost in the sauce because we were five bands ahead of us. And I'm just like, Woo. yeah. And then get on stage yeah, and yeah. not the best performance. There is a zone. I yeah. I can't play sober because I'm too like nerved up about what's going on around and uh, what could go wrong. But if I have at least a couple drinks or a couple shots, that's like my zone. And oh, yeah. Uh, I was, yeah, I was playing with a funk band a couple of years ago, playing keys like B three and stuff. We were playing down at Tin Roof, and I thought we were playing like we were the first band, but we were the last band. So I'm just sitting there, I'm like, shit. So I'm, I just have a couple <laughs> beers, and that turned into like four hours of drinking before the show. <laughs> <laughs> and I like, yeah. we get off stage, and they're like, man, you did great. I'm like, 
I don't remember. Dude, you did great. I believe you. I believe you, man. Thank you, man. I just smoke weed all day, so it's like that works too. Oh, no. oh yeah, yeah. He's he's got it down, man. <laughs> For sure. Definitely had those moments where I've sit there and I've had a couple of drinks. I'm like, all right, well, I'm sitting in front of a board. I'm gonna go ahead and sit here and record some stuff. And you know, next thing I know, it's 7 a.m. the next morning. And I'm listening back to something. I'm like, who the hell recorded this? This sounds great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really like that. All right, I guess. I guess I did. I guess I did. Let me get drunk again. Maybe I can make that happen again. Right. <laughs> well, what do you guys do uh, writing procedure-wise? Do you have, do you all write together, or does one person bring a song in and you guys work on it? You start with lyrics, start with music. Well, um, originally, originally it was – I did, like, for the first album, all the writing and recording of all the instruments um, when I was still experimenting with the sound that I was trying to get with the band. And then um, I wanted—I always wanted to be a band, so I was like, I need to find really good dudes that can be creative down the road. Because I didn't want to continue writing all the music; mm-hmm. I just that's something I wanted to get started. Um, at this point, uh, it's yeah, it works kind of like someone will have an idea. I think kind of like a good riff that we'll come up with, and then um, someone else will just go off of that. Like a lot of times, they'll give it, send it to me or something, and I'm like that's cool. Let me read this one and lay it down. And then I show it to the guys and they're like, Holy shit, we should do this too. Or we should change this. Or, you know, that's kind of how that works. Um, it, it's becoming a lot more of a collaboration because like previously, um, I mean, this guy's like ridiculous, like not, not trying to suck his dick, but like <laughs> literally like we will like come with like a riff. I can't tell like just a little thing. He'll leave it with him, come back a week later for a rehearsal, and he's like recorded an entire goddamn song <laughs> off like off of that riff. And it's like, oh Yeah. Okay. That's that was that was like Kepler. That was basically so, Kepler activity. Yeah. So now we're like we are moving toward uh kind of experimenting, honestly. Like our next yeah. album is probably just gonna be a short EP of sorts where we're uh, seeing what the five of us can do when we're all putting in equal amounts of uh writing. Right. And contributions and whatnot. Yeah, because now that we have this lineup that we're all happy with and we know it's going to stick together, um, I'm just like, let's let's do it. We've never done it before. Let's fucking do it. I but think it'd be dope. As far as music and lyrics coming first, uh, both. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Sometimes, you know, something's just sitting around from years ago and it fits perfect. Sometimes uh, inspiration strikes when the music is right and it works perfect as well. Mm-hmm. Just let the music do do its thing. Heck yeah. And it seems like you guys have like really, really good chemistry working together with that. And that's, that's beautiful. I know I've been in a lot of different bands and a lot of times there was one guy who wrote everything. And I mean, he created a song, he played all the parts. Of course, the guy was like a musical genius. He knew how to play every single instrument. And so he would do it all, write it all, give everybody their parts and like, all right, now we're going to go do it. And like, you know, from that aspect, it was fun because, you know, I knew that I could just come in and this guy was great. He was amazing. I knew the music he was going to write was going to be awesome. But at the same time, I kind of felt like it, I wasn't necessarily part of the band, more if I was somebody just said, hey, I need somebody to fill a ship for me to play, play this gig tonight. So the fact that you guys' chemistry works together and you're all putting in yeah. parts to try to create these songs and have this collaboration, I think it sounds amazing. I think it really goes towards where your progression is going to go and how successful are you going to be? Because you're never going to be limited on ideas. Right. One person, everybody's had their input. So that sounds amazing, man. I, I, 
that's great. That's not something you really hear from a lot of bands oh, yeah. we've interviewed before. Of mm-hmm. uh, you know, everybody putting in equal parts to create one song, and that's how great that song is end up being. Um, okay, so yeah, yeah, and that, but, yeah, I was gonna say uh, that's kind of like the whole reason behind like uh, we're working on these songs in Kepler, and we're still trying to compile a lot of the material because. I did write a bunch of it when we were still going through a couple member changes. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like, it's that uh, disconnect that we're writing this. Um, and then, I mean, we're learning this and it's awesome and we're going to play it live, but it would be even cooler if everybody had already done their part. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're doing this next EP, like from the ground up that way. Cause I think it's going to make us even tighter. So yeah, exactly. Just reiterating that. Yeah. Um, so now we talked about pregame and like I said, we're, we're a bar podcast that talks about bars, music, restaurant industry, because all of those things kind of sometimes entwine to the, uh, with each other. And especially in Nashville, a lot of musicians are bartenders. Bread and butter right there. It's like, you know, that because of course in Nashville, like that's the only way you can have an available schedule to be able to re- attend practices and go to shows and be mm-hmm. free on Fridays and Saturday nights when you've got gigs and stuff like that. You kind of have to have that flexibility. So, they kind of go hand in hand for most people we've met, uh, especially most bartenders we've met. So when we're going back to the pregame, I know we said, you know, sometimes we have a couple shots, maybe a couple beers. Is there any signature drink of each one of you guys that you guys, you know, this is your favorite drink, your go-to, you know this is one that's going to hit that spot, get you mellowed out in that mood you need to be in to get on stage perform perfectly? This guy, I already know it, but <laughs> it. you know what I'm going to say? Say it. Well, it depends, man, because at the, at the warehouse, every time it's going to be a vodka cranberry. A double oh, vodka cranberry. That is literally the only time I drink that drink. Yeah, Me too. I, I <laughs> love like, that. Whenever we play at the really? warehouse, which is 90% of the time. <laughs> yeah. But now, I got to tell you, man, stick with me. I think I got a new a new drink of choice, and I'm going to try it, you know, as a pregame method. Whiskey milk. Yes. Whiskey milk. Yes. Yeah. That's a recent one. Man, the whiskey milk ja- thing. Jameson and milk. It's so Jameson fucking good. So we're going to stop this interview real quick. Uh, breaking in here. With that cocktail that he just mentioned, uh, we're actually going to feature it on Drinker's Corner here right after the interview. Absolutely. So please stay tuned. Make sure you get our full review of what we tried to make and sample of their description of this drink that they talked about. And um, yeah, you'll get to hear some good noises on the back end of this and of our reactions on this drink. And uh, hopefully here soon we'll be talking with partners of bartenders and mixologists to see if we can't correct this drink. Yeah. You probably already know our opinion about it, but stay tuned Uh, for right after the interview. (laughs) Splash of chocolate. Splash of chocolate milk. Wow. Yeah. Jameson? Are you talking about like straight Jameson? Are you talking about maybe their cold brew version? Or are you talking about straight Jameson? Jameson. OG. The OG. (laughs) Coming from someone who like milk, it's actually not that bad. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to throw up right now. (laughs) 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 A really odd version of an Irish coffee. I mean, I love my Irish coffees. You know, I mean, I'll just sit there and drink Irish coffees all damn day and I'm great with it. So, like, I, you know, I've had, like, a shot of Jameson because I was like, coffee in it. But, I mean, a shot of Jameson with a little splash of milk or something like that. Now, are you doing, like, shots or are you doing, like, please don't tell me you've got, like, a glass of milk that you just said, yep, this is how we're going here today. Wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. In high school, you just get drunk like that. and just do milk and Kahlua. And it was like, <laughs> <laughs> that's no No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> Weird. Like 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 a, a highball glass topped, like, to the top with ice, three fingers of whiskey, just the rest of milk. Like, it's so good. I, he blew my mind. Like, this is recent. It's like a week ago, I think. <laughs> I everyone, everyone, like, you know, is like, Ugh, but then they try it. 
That's it. All I'm, yeah. that's I, all I'm saying. I mean, because we're going to a bar after this. I got to work, so I'm definitely not trying it. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make a pay. <laughs> I got a full day of work, and I got a show to play tonight. I'm not going to get sick. Yeah. It might be a perfect pregame for you. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> It's it is crazy that, that, Mate, that even works. Matias' pregame is uh, bong water. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking whiskey and milk over that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> up. Man, Anybody uh, else? There's just like what's available. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I was gonna say like beer um, would be the other option. I would like sometimes I'm going for beer. I, mm. Standard would be like Blue Moon or Elysian. I really like Elysian. It's one of my favorites. Oh yeah, okay. If it's okay. available. Um, and I don't then, drink anymore. So no, yeah, I'm he's, not smoking. I'm just throw up there. Yeah. Then we'll just ask you, what is your favorite strain before the show? <laughs> uh, I'm quite fond of the carts these days. Instead okay. of playing. But uh, definitely uh, sativa. I like to fuck my mind up instead of the body high. <laughs> ah, there you go. But uh, with the cart, I combine it with CBD. That way I get the full experience of smoking the flower, too. Okay, cool. Without smoking the flower there you go <laughs> yeah um i know for me like um before i would have to go to a show it was usually well it jameson hold the milk was typically mine <laughs> like, it was just give me two or three shots of jameson uh i know for me like i couldn't do any beer beforehand because i'm just kind of feel heavy before the show and I, I didn't want that feeling but you know a couple of shots of jameson maybe like a coke back real quick kind of just get me warmed up loosed up and now it's good to go um, so, you know, it's different things for different people. I've known people who wear it. It's tequila for them. They've got to have a couple shots of, like, 100% agave tequila, and they're out there, and they're just gone. They're good. They're good for the rest of the day. Yeah, I'm I'm one, maybe two, well, two IPAs and maybe a shot of Jameson. Mm. Yeah. And then I've the guys who just get, like, like that. on PBR that's before the show them stars, and I'm like, yeah. oh, that's, <laughs> oh, man. I lost my guitar man. there already because he decided to get drunk on the worst beer ever. Good old. <laughs> yeah, like, the Springwater always used to give us free PBR like one per member, and that was just a thing, <laughs> like for a while. Yeah, if there's a sentence that describes spring water, that would be a free PBR. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah honestly. Here's, 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 some, here's some PBRs for the band. That's, yeah. that's them. Thanks. <laughs> this hangover, this PBR is about to give you. At least right. they give us something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. PBR hangs me over before you're fucking home. Like, he's like, <laughs> yeah. Don't even wait. It's metal, metal water. Like not even metal though. Just straight up, like tastes like it's metal water, but it's not metal water. Metal water. <laughs> oh, it tastes like there has a gallon of water just gets taken back. All right, wheat water. That's hydrated. So, um, I, I don't want this question right here to get you guys in any trouble, but if you had to choose, maybe your favorite venue that you played at, is there one, or is the one you played at like ninety-five percent of the time the warehouse? Well. Okay, I I have two answers, and one is the warehouse, just because they've been so accommodating, especially through the coronavirus and all that, Um, and they've always been pretty cool to us, like, so, I mean, that's awesome, like, we love the warehouse, but also the end, so many greats have been through there, Mm -hmm. and, like, even still some big names still play, it just feels cool to, for me at least, to play um at a place that like so many great people have been before mm-hmm. right and that's my answer i don't know if anyone else yeah, like, yeah I, I agree, I agree. Mm-hmm. yeah 100 um and the warehouse is like has that just special place with us because especially that release show we did yeah. for kepler mm-hmm. um 
was, was there and we got a manager. We met our manager there. And it's just, that's really what's tightened us up more and more every time we go there. So, Heck yeah. yeah. I agree. Shout out to Mike Chase. Yeah, shout, shout out, out to, to Mike, Mike Chase, Chase, our manager. Mike Chase. He is awesome. He's been giving us so many good opportunities, um, even during all this chaos. So. So, you know, speaking on the chaos, how hard has it been navigating around the COVID pandemic, trying to book shows, go to venues, and still try to pull crowds to get yourselves out there and get presented out there? It's been dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's called play at the warehouse because that's your only option. Literally, yeah. The <laughs> only place that's really been open is uh, Clark's Valeria. Um, yeah, Nashville's just off. Yeah, we got a, a Shelbyville thing I think we're going to do. I've never been to Shelbyville. Um, it's probably going to be smaller. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah. Have yeah, you been to Shelbyville? Just My small uncle town. lives there. It's oh, a, really? It's a nice little small town. Really yeah, but yeah. Like, since Nashville's still closed down, I guess, right? We just haven't had any opportunities there. I'd love to go back and play there, dang. But this is, we'd love to have you guys back in Nashville. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, trust me, we're, we're some of the ones. That's why we really created this podcast. It's just trying to keep people out there try to keep the industry rolling and let people know that hey there's still live music it may not be in your city but if you can drive 30 minutes out of the city you're probably going to be able to still find a being you find a good show to go to and these artists are still out here there's still artists out here that still need to make money still trying to make a living and trying to get their name out there and so right. we're trying to just promote these artists out here and let them know where they're playing at what different venues are out there outside of Nashville that are reasonable enough to drive to um to kind of just still show that we're still here. The music industry is still alive. Right. Yeah. Because it's never really want to tie here in middle Tennessee. Right. Yeah. We did a, we did a festival recently, uh, fish fest too. Um, where the guy who planned it, he just made sure everybody's like, we can still do shows. Like we can still do shows, social distancing. It was outside. Mm -hmm. There's people, you know, um, however, whatever you feel safe doing. And it was all about, uh, suicide awareness and everything. So, um, we just tried to find shows like that, that we know are going to, work somehow mm. in this mess and uh whatever we can get right now do you have any upcoming shows try gotta keep the ball rolling somehow yeah. <laughs> uh yeah uh a week from today yeah literally a week from today uh in shelbyville at a place called uh bring it back games and collectibles downtown um and then december 12th right yeah oh, then we have one on december 12th which is going to be our last for a while until our anniversary show in february next year but uh, we're playing like a battle of the bands, a metal war that the warehouse is planned out on December 12th. And that's going to be fun. And we're climbing to like the last few questions. We just want to give to you guys. Uh, uh, as you said, we want to look about some more events. And uh, I'll give it to you guys a little later as well so we can get maybe a list of those events. We can kind of post it to our page, make it as a bio on the back end of our podcast as a description as well. Um, so as together as you guys have finally kind of got your tight group together and you feel like this is the group that's going to progress you guys to the next level. Um, what are your future goals for this band? Wow. Uh, right. Experiment, make awesome music, play yeah, we, shows. We know that the music coming up is going to be different than what we put out before, just because yeah. now we've got five minds working on the same thing at all times. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, it's going to turn out totally different, but I think it's like you said, going to skyrocket us to the next level. And uh, hopefully get us some more listeners and whatnot. Right, so, right. When you say goals, do you mean in terms of like success or? Well, I mean, like, where do you, you know, where, what direction are you trying to take the band? Is it something like, you know, are we, are we in this because we love music and we're here just to have fun? Or is this something like we want to make this a career? We're actually trying to get big. We're trying to get a record label. We want to 
you know, come out with great albums, get them produced, be on top charts. Like, you know, what are your future goals for the band as a whole? I think we absolutely love to make this a career. Yes. Like if that were, if that happened, that, that's the fucking goal. But like, I think all, all of us would still play until the day we died, even if we didn't go anywhere. Right. I agree. Yeah. That's, that was the whole goal is like, we're going to keep doing this. And if we do get that kind of success, you know, figuratively speaking, mm-hmm. uh, get that for record label and whatnot, that is the goal. Yes. Um, but the main goal before all that is to continue writing music and continue doing what we love. Which is this? So yeah, knowing that your passion for music is always going to consistently be there, regardless of where the future may take you. Of course, you have realistic goals of trying to be successful and, and make this career. Who wouldn't want to make this career? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nobody would have to want to have to work a nine to five every day if they didn't have to. And if you've got a great talent as you guys have, and try to build off that talent, make success out of it, that's of course what you want to go for. Um, yeah. And and that's what that's what we love to hear because you know a lot of times we hear a lot of people say like you know. They want to be an artist and they're trying to hit big, but you know, if they don't hit big, then it's like, okay, well I'm putting my stuff back in the case and yeah, I'm done. And it's like, okay. So there wasn't as much passion behind just the music itself. that kept you driving. And I think that's amazing to hear. Um, so as we're going through this last part of this list, um, where's a couple of different places where some of our listeners can listen to some of your music, uh, a couple of places where you can send other people to come find your music as well. Um, yeah. Uh, Spotify, mm-hmm. Uh, iTunes, all those major yeah. digital distribution places. I think um, everything except Amazon. We're not on Amazon Music, I don't think. Mm, Are we? I, I haven't double-checked that. I, d- just I think about any streaming service. Yeah. Bandcamp, too. Band, YouTube, yeah, we have a Bandcamp, YouTube. YouTube, where you can find our music videos and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the uh, tag for it? Uh, the tag on which one? Uh, the YouTube, YouTube videos. YouTube? Uh, Convection Band Official is our channel. Convection Band Official and Search convection under iTunes, Spotify. Yeah, you can just uh, convection, Kepler, convection, polarity, anything. Yeah, it'll come up. Okay. Good stuff there. And uh, if you need any further info and links, just go to our website, convectionband.com. And that has literally everything you need. But when typing it into like iTunes or Spotify, you will have to spell out most of the word because no one listens yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not that big yet. Yeah, we'll definitely go out there and start searching for it. Uh, cool. <laughs> uh, no, I mean we're gonna play a clip of a song. Do you guys want to? Um, do you guys want to talk about that song real quick? Which oh, one? Uh, Which one? Beyond the Rift. Oh, yeah. is what I said. Yeah, go for it. Oh, yeah. Um, it is. Man, it is. It's about something really deep. I think. Uh, kind of metaphorically for us, it's about kind of that emotional despair you might get in, um, but realizing that there's more than just digging that hole and like going beyond the rift and becoming better and stronger every day and fighting the good fight, I guess. So it can almost be an attribute to uh, COVID what we're going through. Now. Yes, yeah. actually it, it wasn't written well. for that, but it fits just right into the whole uh, slang of things. Ironically. Yeah. It feels like it predicted to your yeah, 2020. When, right. Whenever you feel um, like you can't get somewhere and you feel like your life is kind of just going down the drain, always realize there's more to the story and there is a reason that you're around and that's the important part of this song awesome that's a, it's not very, very positive very like yeah. you know you know persevere through whatever you've gone through at this point in time and it has a very positive outlook which is which is a little different from a lot of metal music i remember when i was younger, <laughs> I was younger yeah it was definitely like just 
chaos and hell and <laughs> you're like, okay, this is what's happening, you know? Um, a bit of that in there. We got some of that in the rest of the album. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this one's very, that's very direct about what it, what it is. Um, yeah. Well, heck yeah, man. Uh, so now I know you guys said you'll be working on a new EP. Uh, do you have any albums out at the moment? And if you don't, when, when will your next album be coming out so we can kind of have some more projection we can be looking forward to? Man, I, that's going to be a while. We, uh, <laughs> We're really busy, but there are um, albums out though. Yeah, yeah, yeah we have three. We have three. Um, okay. The first one is the oldest. That was my experimental phase way back. Uh, not very indicative of who not we are not really our sound at all. Uh, Into darkness, and then we have Kepler about polarity, which came out twenty seventeen. Okay, that was with him on vocals and uh, Stephen back in the band, and then now Kepler on February twentieth of this year. Heck yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, well, we'll throw a link into all that below. Um, so, uh, is this any more questions, Scott? I'm good. All right, guys, man. Hey, we want to thank you guys for finding the time. I know it's early for some of you guys. Yeah. I know a lot of you guys are tired. <laughs> some of y'all worked real late last night or got to go to work. Um, but we appreciate it. Appreciate you finding time out of your day to come do this interview with us. Um, like I said, that's thank the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. we try to, you know, find local artists, find local uh, bartenders and musicians and songwriters and just trying to keep what we're going through right now as a COVID pandemic progressive and trying to let people know that, hey, people are still out here. This is still an art. This is still a craft. People try to perfect every single day. We still need to show some type of support for these people because once everything is done, once the dust clears, they're still going to be there and they're going to need our support at that point in time. So we're just trying to keep pushing the envelope and letting people know that the you know great bands are still on the horizon, they're still around, and we just want to try to promote that as much as we can. So we greatly appreciate being, uh, being able to interview you guys, finding the time in your day to be able to uh, do this with us. Um, I don't have any more questions. I am good, yeah. Thank you guys so much, and it's a pleasure to meet you. All right, Thank man. you. Yeah. You have a great afternoon as well. Yeah. Yeah. Later. Yes. Like the porn stash, by the way. Hey, uh, we all do, man. Want to talk about talk to Matt about that one? Serious <laughs> <laughs> talk, plenty of shit. Yeah, oh yeah. Thanks again, right. Thank you again. Thank you. Bye. All right. Well, by the tone of my voice, you can probably already tell I'm not excited about this. Well, let's first start over here. It was a great interview, and we loved having those guys on. Yeah, it, we had a we had a great interview, a great talk with them. But this this new segment right here, it's not a new segment, but this segment that we're going into after the interview is our Drinker's Corner segment. And I'm sure a lot of listeners have listened to this before. This is when we kind of cover uh, a specialty drink, whether it's a uh, a cordial or a type of spirit or, or a mixed beverage or a beer or wine and things like that. We try to just cover a wide spectrum of uh, the alcohol world, really. And uh, the, today we're going to decide we're going to hit on a drink that the band we interviewed said is like their go-to pre-game drink. And I'm sorry. Well, it's Mike. just one person. Well, it's, it's one it's, person. I think more than one of them does it. Uh, uh, and I have talked to a guy who I don't believe he's in that band, but he does. He he's in several other bands that do a lot of collaborations with them. Uh, th- that's a thing. Oh, it, it's not just a one guy thing. It's man, like, it's a thing. Well, at this point of the podcast you've ever already heard what it is but it's a stomach turner and i and i actually tried it i know i was there yeah. i served it to you yeah <laughs> jameson and milk yeah <sighs> that's enough said right there if, yeah. if your stomach curled yeah you had the right mind um 
Uh, Granted, you didn't have it like he said. Yes. I'm scared to have it the way he said, because the way I had it was enough for me to realize that this ain't good. No. Um, And that's because, like, milk doesn't have enough. It doesn't have a a big staple flavor to really overpower or complement something like a whiskey, especially like a Jameson that's a sweeter whiskey. You would think that maybe it would kind of meld together somehow, but milk's just not enough power to kind of help collaborate those two. And it gets this like film on the inside of your mouth when oh, you drink God. it anyway. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I remarked as harkened to my older days when I was younger and I was a delinquent. Um, if I'm sure some listeners out here know this as well, uh, if you ever been cotton mouth, that's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. And that that's pretty much what it is. And if you ever drank like drinking milk and your mouth gets dry and that weird like silky texture in the inside of it, almost like if you decided to go get a, a coffee with a lot of a uh, foam. Yeah, uh, it, it's ah. okay. Here's the thing: I like my Jameson, and I like my Jameson really, 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 really much. Um, I've been drinking Jameson for years, um, right. we, well over a decade. Has been my go-to whiskey of choice. Had some last, last night. Um, you know, it, if it, it's never a question, if, if somebody asks me if I want a shot, my first thing's going to be Jameson. Yeah. It, it is what it is, uh, and I, I love Jameson. I've had uh, the normal, regular Jameson. We both done. We've done Black Barrel. We've done. Uh, Stout edition. We've done IPA edition. We've done twelve year Jameson. I've done eighteen year Jameson. I've done vintage reserve Jameson, which is stupid expensive, but delicious. But delicious. <laughs> uh, never point in time in my life, and I've bartended for years, and of course you've bartended for more, much longer than I have, uh, and have gone to a lot higher heights than I have. I, I've never heard of of this type of um, Jesus. It's just a combination. It's it's just a combination. It's a combination. I'm really trying to watch my language to try not to make try to make this as as a PG as a episode as I possibly can. But the interview probably already ruined it, didn't it? Yeah. Okay. Then then screw all that. This drink is straight fuckery. All right. It is straight, it is straight fuckery. fuckery. There is nothing good about Jameson being mixed with milk. Sorry, Ben. I'm sorry, Ben. I'm sorry. I love you, Duff, man. You're a great guy. We've known each other for years. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the porn stash, but Jesus Christ, <laughs> Jameson and milk. What the hell? So, okay, so milk is used in let let's get this straight. Milk is used in a bunch of different cocktails. A- absolutely. Um, but it's not a glass of milk. It yeah. is like a half an ounce. Yes. So like the most popular one made very famous with yeah. the Big Lebowski, a white rush. Yes. That is vodka, Kahlua, and half and half. Half half and half or milk. Or milk, yes. And depending on how thick you want it to be. Yeah, and most bars don't don't carry half and half. Unless yeah. they got like some coffee somewhere. exactly they might have like a little like half and a half creamer packet or something like yeah, that. yeah but, but a lot of places really. a lot of places use milk for it exactly and with with the milk and the kahlua that kind of just makes this creamy uh coffee yeah it's a creamy coffee hazelnut kind of flavor that kind yeah. of melts together and, and and it makes sense you know? yeah it's like putting cream in your coffee absolutely it's like like irish cream you put in your mm-hmm. coffee or something like that and so it yeah. makes sense and i guess this was supposed to be instead of like a white russian i guess it's supposed to be like a white irish but the way he described to me was like three fingers of Jameson or like two, three fingers of Jameson with like three fingers of milk and a glass of ice. Yeah. Like half. Like, half. like this is a 16 ounce glass of whiskey and milk. Yeah. That's a lot of milk. That's a lot of milk. That I'm, I mean, at least the way he described, if you tell me three fingers of whiskey, that's a lot of whiskey. Well, yeah, that's usually three like in a pint glass, three, that's two and a half, three ounces. Yeah. So you're looking at probably about three ounces of Jameson. With about three ounces of milk and ice. Uh, mm. 
Now, I didn't, I, I did, I'm sorry, I will be completely honest. I was a coward. I did not have the courage to go whole hog and get that drink. Yeah, I still haven't tried it. <laughs> so I decided that I was going to try maybe a reduced version of it. I just wanted to see how they could easily be combined, what the taste flavor is going to be like, what the profile is going to be like, how the milk was going to pair with it. So I just did a shot of Jameson with a shot of milk. And I'll be honest, at first, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. I, I would say, right, it was straight middle of the road. It was eh. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, I, I guess some people could like this. Um, it, it's not heavy. Uh, the milk does kill the burn from the whiskey. I would say that for and foremost. It, when I took a shot and chased it, milk diluted and killed everything. So maybe that's the reason why it is like you, you mix it. You can kind of still get the hint and a little bit of the flavor from Jameson, but the milk kills all the burns. So it's easier to drink. But I'm telling you right now, I sat there, I took that and I sat there and kind of melted in my mouth a little bit and was like, okay, well, it's not terrible. It's not great. Uh, it's kind of middle of the road, not something I would drink. And I think maybe about five minutes later, my stomach was, <laughs> and I was like, yep, I knew that was a bad idea. I should have known. Should have known. <laughs> Your stomach's down there. like, what the hell was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My stomach was seriously sitting there looking at me going, what the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> like, you knew this wasn't going to be good, but you still decided to put this in your body. Why? I want to know about what, why Ben liked it. He just said it was delicious. He said it was delicious. I didn't find anything delicious about it. Delicious is not the word I would use. Um... I, I think, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. And it honestly kind of makes me nauseous just thinking about it again. Oh, yeah. Um, like, yeah, no, that one sat on me for a minute. Like, I remember coming home and, like, I had that face, like, you know, sometimes you come in, like, you have that face, like, something stinks. Mm -hmm. And it's like a combination of something stinks and you're pissed off. I had that face for, like, the next three or four hours. And of course, my wife's walking around like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I, I think I just had the worst thing I've ever had in my life. And I don't know why I did it yeah. other than to try just to find a way to justify yeah. it you know when you like drink or eat something too like your throat kind of just, like closes up like mm -mm, yeah. no 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 yeah. no <laughs> that's what i'm getting right now <laughs> it's like, so, uh, i'm like <laughs> and 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 not and not to kill ben over this you know not to berate him too bad i understand when i was younger we drank crazy things i remember when i was younger um a good buddy of mine who now is a fantastic bartender he's the bar manager and bartender for husk and nashville oh yeah when we were younger his go-to drink was a glass of milk in Kahlua and would mix it up. He said it was like chocolate milk and that's what he would drink. I get that. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. We, we were like not even legal. Yeah. We were like 20, 19 and 20. Yeah. Somebody was just getting whatever they can get and bring to the house whenever we had to decide to have a party in our first apartment. So I can kind of understand being young and not maybe developing certain tastes. And if you're not like a big whiskey drinker, or if you're not a big, um, milk drinker i guess yeah uh it, it wouldn't work with you i i drink milk i don't drink milk regularly anymore i used to just love drinking milk all the time i've never um, been a milk fan and so like i can understand that like not being a milk fan you would not like this drink yeah. at all uh being somebody who used to love milk but just hasn't really drank milk in years um it was different but then the different just turned bad <laughs> I, I really, really, really try my best. I was trying my best to find a saving grace on this yeah. drink. To find, I'm, I'm surprised it doesn't curdle. Man, I, that's why I decided to get mine in a shot and a shot of milk. Yeah, because I knew that if I had gotten a glass, I would have taken a sip and would been like, mm, "This is not that great." And then if I would have tried to force myself to drink it, it definitely would have curdled in that time frame. Mm -hmm. <coughs> I don't know how he makes it where he's able to like just chug it. I, 
I he said he puts know. ice in it. So he puts ice in it. That probably would help dilute it a little bit. I wonder, is it I, shaking? Is it shaking over ice? Is or I mean, because I don't know, man. I'm almost looking at like oil and water. Like I feel like if you put a shot, like three fingers of Jameson yeah. and then pour milk, it would not mix right. I feel like it would almost layer itself, almost float itself on top of it. Yeah, I, I, so like, or like, I feel like it will try to separate. Like, I, I don't know, man. That's why I did it in shot and shot and not full on mixer. Mm-hmm. So I can't give a full account, you know. And I know they're probably listening to this, going like, "Oh, you get you're ripping us a new one because you didn't try the right way, man." I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I can't help you on that one. I, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can try it the right way. If there's a right way, I don't think nothing right about this damn drink in the first damn place. Yeah. But when we go see them live yeah we're gonna go we're gonna find a show they have and we're gonna go go see them live and i, I will try it the right way when we go uh-uh, see them. no no okay if we do that we're taking your car because you ain't puking in mine oh no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> at that point we're gonna have like an uber or they're driving, <laughs> or they're coming to pick us up yeah like you guys pick us up because if we drink this james in the milk and we vomit and we'll make sure it's on your property yeah not ours because you, you sign us up for this i will try one sip of it in the presence of them I, I will go one step further in the presence of them. I will I will take my car because I will keep a thing of Pepto in the car. Um, and <laughs> oh, I, no, we, we can get that shit on tap in my car. There we go. Uh, <laughs> and so when we go to there, I'm, I'm going to have them say, hey, make the drink the way you have it, the way you drink it. And I will drink one with you. And I will go whole hog with them. Oh, I'm just going to taste it. I'm not, I, I, I'm I'm not, not drinking a taste. goddamn whole I know one taste of it. You're going to be like, ah, screw this. This is terrible. This is terrible. And like, you know, and I'm going to reach out to like, if we have any bartenders listening or any mixologists out there listening, and maybe you've heard of this drink, maybe you've made this drink before, please send us a recipe. Because if I'm looking at this, it's just straight Jameson milk and ice, ain't no way in hell that shit can ever be good. I'm sorry. Just, there's no way. That's, no, no. I'm still trying to figure out what I would actually say if someone came to my bar and said, can I have a Jameson and milk? What? I... I would have no idea what my reaction would be. I think I would just sit there gaping going, I'm sorry, can you please say that again? Yeah. You said Jameson I, and milk? I don't know if How I would. How would you like, like those mix, sir? I don't know if I would laugh because I thought they were kidding. Or like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. What, so what can I get you? And so, All right, well, I, I, I get the joke now. What do you actually want? Yeah. No, Jameson and milk. I'm like, Ugh. all right. It's, for me, it's like <laughs> one of those things when somebody comes in. You sure? It's like... <laughs> As a cook, when somebody comes in and says, yeah, um, I want a mid-rare burger. Like, for me, that's one of those things where, like, eh, I try not to really touch when it gets to mid-rare ground beef. I will do one for you. If you if you want one, I'll make one for you. And I'll make sure it's the best damn mid-rare burger you have. As long as you want an understanding that this is going to be funny. Yeah. Um, and I, I get that way when people request certain food items wanting to be prepared a certain way. And I'm like, eh, like when, especially when it comes to chicken. When somebody's like, you know, I want chicken, but I want it, I want it this way, and I don't want it dry. I'm like, okay. It's like, yeah, I want my chicken. I've had people ask me, ask, tell me they want their chicken medium well. And I'm like, hmm? yes, yeah, no, no, no lie, no lie. Ask me that they want their chicken medium well, and I have to stop and say, well, we're not in the business of killing people, so we're not going to do that. I mean, I've asked them, how do you want your chicken cooked? Do you want a medium rare chicken as a joke? No, just, I, to, I, just I, to see if they would actually like catch like, on to it. Oh, yeah, no, I've had people straight ask that. And I'm like, man, you can't do that. Like, and what they're really trying to do is trying to make sure: can you cook my chicken to where it's done but still juicy? Well, that's yeah, and, and mean, yeah, absolutely. That's what we can do. But they'll come out and just say, yeah, can I have like a medium, medium well chicken? I'm like, no, that, that'll kill you, ma'am. That, yeah, that, that, that will kill you. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> um, so I, 
Yeah, I think the Jameson milk. Somebody came to me in a bar and said, "Yeah, man, let me get a Jameson milk." I'm like, "You want like a shot of Jameson with like a milk back, like a pickle back, but like a cow back?" I guess. I don't, what is that what you want? Cow back. <laughs> is that what you're wanting here, or you actually wanting like it mixed into a glass? Let me get that beef back. Yeah, <laughs> that beef uh, juice back. No, nah, I don't know, man. Like I said, okay. So, and this is, this is something we're gonna say, and I'm sure the bands listen to this as well. When you have your next show, when we'll try to find the next show we're able to get to, and we're gonna get there. And if if there's a bar that makes these drinks for you, great, we'll have one at the bar. If not, I mean, I guess I can grab a freezer bag, run by the near, nearest Kroger's, and grab like a, a pint of milk and a fifth of Jameson, and they, we'll try it out, man. We'll try it out the whole hallway. But I know for a fact I did shot of Jameson, shot of milk, back to back, very little flavor profile, killed the burning of the Jameson, uh, and then my tummy was mad, and that's pretty much how that went down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so like I said, if there's any bartenders out there listening, if you have a recipe like this or a recipe that contains Jameson and milk, please shoot it out to us. Um, I'm going to be in contact with my buddy and see if he can't come up with something. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a great mixologist. So I'm, I'm just, put this in your hands. These are the two ingredients you've got to use. Make it to something that's acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just send us a message on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, everything's on our measure bar. So uh facebook.com backslash measure bar yeah and uh send us a message everything yeah i I would love to see what you guys create if you've already created something i'd love to see your recipe um i would love for somebody just to come out there and let me know that yes sir you are crazy this is delicious i want to be wrong on this i want to be wrong with this i want somebody to come up with a drink that is just so great with these two components in it that it melds together and makes a great tasting beverage. I mean, there's a. I'm sure there's a way to do it. Oh, I'm sure there's a way to do it. But you gotta add some stuff. You gotta add some stuff to it, though. Like, it, you can't just be James in the milk. Like, I mean, and I accept that. Like, please send us a recipe. If it's James in the milk with a shot of Kahlua or uh, maybe. Like, if it's the Jameson cold brew. That's what I was thinking, too. Yeah. On on the rocks with just a splash of milk. Splash of milk. I, I think that would be acceptable because that is like a cold Irish coffee. Yeah. I've done Jameson cold brew and rum chata before, and that's delicious i'm and i'm sure that is great i can understand that i can do like the code that's why i asked him too that's what was like hey you're doing like cold brew yeah <laughs> we're really trying to find a way to justify this drink yeah of every we're way just like going through every recipe are you in sweet acidophilus like what are you doing here <laughs> like uh but yes please 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 write back to us if you have a recipe for jameson and milk um ben's a good buddy i don't want to throw him under the bus too hard so I'm hoping somebody can correct this mistake. <laughs> we, we we threw him under the bus and then drove the bus over him. Yeah, and you know something? <laughs> if 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 I come out here and I do a full one, we might well back that bus up again. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I won't give him too much critique just because I haven't had it the way he makes it. And I actually talked to another, not a member of the band, but he's associated with a band with a different band, and we'll be happy to have them on in the future as well. Uh, he was very adamant of like, no, you have to have it in a glass with ice this way for it to be good. So it was more than one person reporting on this being a good, acceptable drink. This is just bumming me out. <laughs> hey, I wish I was still in my 20s where my stomach could handle something like that. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I, I still am in my 20s, but... Yeah. <laughs> I, I think That's if, not going to happen. <laughs> I think in my, in my early 20s, I probably could have handled something like that. I don't think I would have found it good then either. Um... But I probably could have handled something like that. Because even back like when I was younger, I was able to mix 
different things. You know, your metabolism is a totally different beast. And, you know, you you can sit there all night and be drinking whiskey and then switch over to a little rum and maybe take a shot of tequila and still wake up alive. Yeah. Not in a hospital. Like when I would go uh, freshman year of college, I would go at night to the music building and rehearse. Mm. And I just brought two of those like ocean spray kiwi strawberry juices Mm. and threw Malibu in it. Yeah. And brought put those in my backpack, went to rehearse or went to go practice a little bit, sip on that all night, go back, drink some vodka or beer or yeah. whiskey or whatever. Mm. Like I would be fine. Yeah. yeah. But not now. Mm, no, my body will do that now. <laughs> I've learned too many times that uh, I try to combine something with something else, thinking it's just a really fun night and we're partying and then realize. I'm going to regret this. Uh, and and older you get, you realize also that you ain't just regretting it the next day. Uh-uh. You're probably regretting that for the rest of that week. Yeah. <laughs> Your body takes a lot longer to recoup from some detrimental damage to it. So please, 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 send us your Jameson and milk recipes. Something other than just three fingers of Jameson and three fingers of milk over a cup of ice, because we've already done that. That's not good. Yeah. But they, 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 <laughs> they ain't shit good about that. I mean, add some Kahlua. Add some, I don't know. I, you know, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of different cold brews out there there's a lot of cold brew liqueurs out there oh, yeah. you know maybe, maybe if it was a cold brew jameson with an ounce of cold brew liqueur with a half ounce of milk that probably delicious Ooh, like maybe the cold brew with a little frangelico and milk yeah you know that would probably be delicious that would probably be amazing all yeah. the way through um you know or maybe if you even did like cold brew and maybe even like a, a, a peanut butter shot or something in there you know anything any, there's so many other combinations mm-hmm. that can probably make this drink good by itself, I I cannot give it I give it zero stars out of however many you want to put out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a million stars, it still gets a zero. Like that that no, that shit ain't right. That's one thing we'll tell you down here in the South. We have no problem letting anybody know when that shit is not right. That shit ain't right. Mm-mm. And uh, three fingers of James and three fingers of milk over a glass of ice. Mm-mm, son, that shit ain't right. Nothing about it. <laughs> well, that's all the time we really got. Uh, yep. Big thank you to Convection. Um, you can check out their website and the links below at, to find out where they're playing, when their album's coming out and everything. Yep, absolutely. And, of course, we're going to have an outro going out of the music with the sample that they provided for us. Um, give them a listen. Uh, they're a great band, local band, like we do on this uh, on this channel all the time. We always try to support local music, local artists, uh, local service industries because everybody needs the help right now. The, the bar industry is not just about slinging alcohol. It's also dealing with food. It's also dealing with music. A lot of bars are also venues. So anybody pretty much in the entertainment and hospitality industry as a whole, which is a pretty big market, uh, they're all going through a pretty hard time right now. So you know, try to always reach out, give your support. You know, If you can make it to a show, great. If your safety has issues, absolutely understand. Give them a like on Facebook. Give them a musical listen. Help promote them because I think right now uh, these are the people that are really suffering in our area. Of course, you know, we know that everybody's suffering, but, you know, the things that these people do to make an income to provide for their family, they're not able to do because of this now. Um, and a lot of guys, this is the only thing they've known. They've known how to play music their entire lives, and this is what they do. This is what they know. This is where they're good at. So it's going to be hard for them to find something else. So always reach out. You know, like I said, they provided links for us, their social media. They have an Instagram. They have a Facebook. Um, they have music on Spotify and iTunes. Uh, give them a check out, give them a listen, give them a download. I'm sure they're appreciated. We'll appreciate it as well. Yeah, absolutely. And here's their uh, here's their song right now, and we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>